Today on What the Church. And we have just absolute joy when the kids are running around and they're jumping in the pool and they're running through the house and they're soaking wet and they're grabbing a meatball and they're running back out. It's just, you know, it's, it's, it's what makes the whole day. Tom, I just envision your house always having meatballs and pasta and gravy everywhere. Yeah. It's just constant. I like that video. Welcome, and you're listening to What the Church, a podcast brought to you by First Presbyterian Church of Orlando. My name is Paige, and I'm joined today by Tanner Fox. Hello. And by Tom Eastwood. Hi. Hi. Tanner is one of our pastors of many, many things, including 20s, mission, uh, everything else, that I That's, college. Yeah. Mission and millennials Co- all, and college, yeah. All the ages. Mm-hmm. And Tom is a hero, dad. Elder, which if you don't know, elders are the um, governors and stewards of the church's vision. So they are here with us today to talk about living missionally in neighborhood, which is a kind of a new way of talking about how we connect and build uh, relationships with others with uh, a different kind of agenda. So I want to talk a little bit about, I know that this is in there, you might need a minute to think about it, weirdest thing that a neighbor's ever done. (laughs) <laughs> or you've done as a neighbor. What is the weirdest? I've done plenty of things. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that I want to say this on you don't, a church don't pick some. <laughs> pick some you can say. <laughs> Be discerning. I've had a neighbor. Do you still live there? No. <laughs> okay. Well, they don't live there anymore. <laughs> uh, he was just blatantly honest with, uh, with how poor I am at yard work. <laughs> And my father-in-law would often come over and mow our lawn and trim our hedges and things. And one day he said, you know, when your father comes over to do it, it's just, it's just way better. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought he's right. And (laughs) the nerve. (laughs) But uh, yeah, that felt a little weird. That felt a little intrusive. Sure. We had a neighbor come over one time um, and we knew that she had kind of some OCD tendencies um, and we didn't really know how that was going to break out or what was, you know, what was going to start it. And we didn't see her for about 15 or 20 minutes and we're like, okay, where is she? And we go out to the garage and she's stacking our shoes according to size and <laughs> children's and adults in your your garage in our garage in she your... was, i was just walking out to get a water and i saw the shoes kind of askew and i thought i'd stack them up for you is that okay that's fine sure go ahead <laughs> did you invite her over next week to look at your closet <laughs> or oh absolutely and you, you send know. her to my house <laughs> that is awesome uh, awesome okay so as we think about how we define missional living as a church family and one of the things we've used to explain that in the pastor class and other places is by saying we are sent into the culture to join in the work of God's kingdom as we share the good news of Jesus through loving relationships so all of those parts and pieces are pretty much dependent on one another and that is how we come to living missionally in our neighborhoods so tanner as we start talking about this, one important thing to remember is that one of our core values is the city. Yeah. 
So can you tell me a little bit about how those two things tie together? Sure. Yeah. So our our uh, core values are the things that we've decided and have said that we are already pretty good at. And um, so one of our core values is the city. And then you'll notice we have a strategic priority that is uh, living missionally in family vocation and neighborhood. And so uh, the the strategic priorities are the things that we're saying we're not quite so good at it and we want to get better at. And so I want to distinguish those two things. I would say we are um, we're good at loving the city in a sense that's more organizational rather than individual. And so uh, we we show up. We've been around for a really long time. Um, we support um, organizations and things in the city with our finances and with our leadership and things like that. But what we really want to encourage the congregation to begin to do is to live missionally in their neighborhood which is more of an individual understanding of how we're going to love and serve our city, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So when we talk about neighborhood, this question has come up a lot. Uh, so when I say neighbor or neighborhood, what am I talking about? Like, who's my neighbor? Yeah, uh, so I think I'd, I'd be... Um I would be wrong not to go to scripture on this because there's a point in which Jesus has asked that very specific question, who is my neighbor? And so it's actually in Luke chapter 10. It's the story of the Good Samaritan. And maybe you don't know that that's kind of the question that kind of launches into this story about the Good Samaritan. But basically what we have is this teacher of the law who's asking Jesus, who do I have to serve? Kind of, he, he wants to narrow it. He wants to um, gain an understanding of neighbor that's um, very specific and kind of black and white. And instead of receiving a black and white answer from Jesus, um, what he what he receives is an answer that kind of expands his understanding of neighbor and who he is to serve. So Jesus tells this story of someone in a ditch, and we realize that the teacher himself is the person that ends up as the person in the ditch, and then who comes along to rescue him, uh, none other than an enemy of his people the Samaritans who didn't get along with the Jews. Um, And so you have this man in the ditch and Jesus basically asked the teacher of the law, if you were in this place of need, who would you want to respond as a good neighbor? And he's, he has to respond as I I would want anyone to it, no matter if it's a friend or an enemy, I would want anyone to be my neighbor in that moment. And so Christ kind of flips the, the conversation on him. And then again, expands not only the teacher of the law's understanding of who our neighbor is, but ours too, that it's, uh, it's not something that we necessarily get to choose, um, you know, certain people are not other people in terms of who our neighbor is, but really it's an expansion to the people that God puts us in close proximity to. So proximity being our neighbors, immediate mm-hmm. next door, people around us in our neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And then beyond that, the places that we are or are sent day to day? Yeah, I think so. And I think sometimes it's difficult when you read a story like this and you kind of get to the end and you're like, wait, does Jesus now say that everyone's my neighbor? And you're like, yeah, he does. And you're like, that's too much. <laughs> that's way too much. There's no <laughs> way. Yeah, I can't do that. That's that's too big. And so lots of people take that as kind of their opportunity to opt out. Okay, if that responsibility is so big, um, then there's no way I could ever make real change um, in, in this world through that, that mindset. But I think what's important, like you said, is the proximity piece. So how are we looking at it as the places we go and the people we meet. So your local Publix and the person that checks you out when your groceries um, each time, or maybe the local gas station you go to all the time, or the teachers at your kid's school, or, you know, there's all these different places where we find ourselves and we have the opportunity for relationship, but we often treat those as transactional relationships, get my needs and then kind of leave without knowing who these people are. So I think it's all those places. I think it's your neighbor, your across the street neighbor to your left and to your right. God's put you in that place very specific. He sent you there into that place. So recognizing proximity is a huge part of understanding what good neighboring means. Awesome. Okay. So as we think about good neighboring, obviously Tom here is 
is here to talk about some of that because I know, Tom, that you have kind of a story of the way that you've connected with your neighborhood and Uh people in your proximity. Tell me a little bit about that. So uh, a couple of years ago, uh, my godfather gave me a, a family recipe. And it was supposed to be passed down only when the oldest passes away. And he said, well, this is ridiculous. I want to give it to you now. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, he's, he's, and he's the rule breaker in the family, too, of course, right? But it was uh, our family's gravy recipe. And, uh, and I, I tell you that story because at the end of church every Sunday, uh, we would go back home and a couple of families would come from the church and my mom would make this gravy. And it would just be a couple of hours of just great fellowship, uh, it was kids running around, jumping in the pool, families getting together and just living life. Uh, there was no banner. There was no you know, structure to it. It was just people getting together. Um, and so when he gave me this, I said, well, this would be a, a great idea for just having people over. And we did the first one, and, uh, and, and it was great. And we, we got to have families from the Christ School over. And we were just praying over the meal, and the kids are running around, and it reminded me of being back in New York and my mom making this gravy. So it kind of started to build on itself, and we, we started thinking about, well, what does it look like if we just start inviting people that, that don't really know the other people there, but it's casual enough where they walk in and they feel like, wow, I walk out, I feel like I know these people now. I know the, the new people that I met, I know the, the family that hosted it, our kids are running around together. So what does that look like? And that's what we've been trying to do over the last couple of years. Um, my wife calls it organizational chaos. Um, <laughs> but it's, uh, it's spectacular. It's, you know, it's just, it's living life together. Some of the great things that have come out of it is um, I've had a chance to disciple a couple of good friends uh, that really never, I don't know if they had the confidence to talk to anyone else. Uh, and, and I think that they, they viewed uh, my role as an elder uh, where, where they can feel comfortable you know, sitting yeah. and talking and then seeing uh, an environment where, oh, you, well, you guys... You love everybody that's around you. I mean, this is this feels really good, um, and so I've had a chance to spend really good scripture time um, with a couple of friends that I don't know that I would have had that opportunity if I said, "Hey, just come to church with me." I think it might have been too intimidating for them, uh, and so it's 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 evolving. You know, uh, it's kind of going from there. Can't get them into an organi- organized uh, Bible study yet, but it's a one-on-one time that's been happening. I know Jack People often says, and he got this from someone, that discipleship happens at the speed of relationships. And that's exactly, it sounds like what this has kind of started and where it's headed. That, that's exactly it, great. yeah, Tanner. It's, um, yeah, it's not something where you feel like oh, I've got to, you know, I've got 15 minutes and I've got to tell him my, my gospel story, you know, and right. no, it's not that at all. It's, we are building a deeper relationship um, and we're able to do it uh, in not a rushed manner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay, both of you bring up the next point. So as we think about, you know, the story of the Good Samaritan, one of the the things that stand out is that that person's in need, right? And so uh, sometimes as uh, followers of Jesus, we have a tendency to think of people as projects and not people. So Tanner and Tom, tell me a little bit about how you avoid that mentality and, and go into it thinking differently. That's a really good question. Um, I think the church has struggled with this question for a long time and has 
uh, tried to move into spaces uh, to fix people um, rather than to know people. And so that's kind of what the distinction that comes in my mind is uh, the difference between seeing someone as something I need to fix, whether it's their their current um situation of poverty or or need or whatever that might look like or their ideology or their theology is something I need to kind of fix and perfect in them um, versus pursuing someone in relationship just for the sake of knowing them uh, which is a much more uh, it's a much more humble posture it's a, a posture that says there's things that I can learn from you as much as I think mm-hmm. you can learn from me um, there's things that uh, yeah will we'll mutually benefit and grow and so um, instead of having a, a closed mindedness that people need to come and look more like me valuing the diversity of, of thought and ethnicity and culture and all those different things um, and believing truly that that's that can can make our uh, our spaces and, and even us better um, as we as we seek to pursue Christ. So, yeah, the distinction between fixing and knowing feels like the uh, the crux of it for me. Yeah, Tom, have you had moments in your connections with your neighbors where you felt like that's been a challenge or you felt that tension? I think anytime you're stepping into a new relationship, you feel that tension um, because you, we all have our walls that we put up. Um, but once you are spending time together and, and there's not a push like, hey, we've got to get this relationship off the ground right now, right? It's But it's you're spending good quality time together. Uh, that that idea of a project that goes away because there's a, a vulnerability that's coming from from both parties. Um, so you, I, I don't know that you really are thinking that there's a project in front of you because you're looking at them and sharing some of your struggles. They're looking at you and doing the same. Um, but again, that comes with the time spent in the relationship, and and that's any kind of relationship, right? But specifically when it comes to um, walking with somebody um, in faith, uh, that, that I think that even takes a deeper um, relationship because they are really exposing things that they struggle with. And, and in turn, uh, I'm sharing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that willingness to be vulnerable is a big part of it. Yeah. Sometimes we forget that as believers. I think it's interesting too, as you engage maybe first time with neighbors or new people, the the testing of the waters kind of, oh, of you yeah, know what yeah. what topics are okay, which ones are off limits. Uh, I don't totally know your worldview and the way that you think about this, this, or this. And you know, at, at how have you engaged that, Tom, as you've interacted with new neighbors and things? Yeah, so I mean, obviously, humor has to come into it, right? Because <laughs> you, otherwise, it go off the rails so badly. But uh, you're finding, you're trying to find that that one area that you have common ground and you build off of that. And I know that's kind of AB, you know, building blocks, ABC kind of no, thing, good. but, but you're really just trying to find that one piece of common ground and then you just, and you start to build. Uh, and you know, I, I go back to this gravy Sunday thing. It's uh, you can't help, but start to feel close with people because you're, if you ever are at an event in a house, everybody Everybody winds up sitting in the kitchen, right? Mm-hmm. They're hovering yeah, over the stove. It doesn't even matter if they're not serving food. They're in the kitchen. That's why I put a couch in my kitchen. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> or maybe they're not even helping prepare the meal at all. <laughs> Take a nap, have yeah. a meal. Yeah. But when you're, you know, when you're serving food and the way that we do it is very family style, you're bringing people up and, and we've got a little tradition that, you know, you come up, you got to take your bread, you got to dip it in there. And, and everybody starts building around that. Um, you know, everybody's kind of tension and nerves come down. So you can have a room full of people that might not know each other 
And by the end of the time, they're laughing. Um, you know, there's stories that are being told. Inevitably, what typically happens is somebody will tell me, oh, you know, my mom's Italian. <laughs> okay, great. I wonder if I know her. You yeah. know? <laughs> but, um, but they, you know, people just start sharing, you know, oh, this is something that we did as a family. Mm-hmm. And it just starts to open up this common ground that you can build off of. I love how Jesus models connection over food so much oh, yeah. in the Bible. But I need to understand gravy. When you say gravy. <laughs> yes, you <yeah>. do. Yes. Because <laughs> I'm from the South. So right. when you say gravy. It's what brown are, and something you put on potatoes. Yeah, what are we talking about yeah. here? So gravy, any respectable Italian will tell you <laughs> that gravy, and there, and there is going to be a lot of people that will argue this. I can't wait. Gravy is the red sauce that you put on top of your pasta. Okay. 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 Sauce is what you buy in a can. Oh, I see. Gravy okay. is created from that. Mm-hmm. So gravy is thicker. It's uh, It's got meat in it. It's it On its own, you could eat it. I feel like I'm going to need to come over. You're, you're absolutely going to have to get <laughs> there. Yeah. Yeah. You need to try it. <laughs> I'm already hungry. Imagine my surprise when he told me we were having gravy oh, Saturday and I came over expecting brown gravy on pasta. And I thought this is going to be... The worst. But Tom's a nice guy. (laughs) And I've got to go. I'll do this for him, I guess. But it was amazing. (laughs) Okay, so obviously some of us with children, that life stage can be a challenge to get people together in the same space without everything exploding. So tell me a little bit about, as you've brought your kids into that, good, bad challenges? Kids are really the icebreaker um, because they will tell you the honest truth, right? (laughs) And they just, they can create conversation just by their actions, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And it's a natural, it's a natural thing when you're standing there as a parent with another parent and the kids are out there playing that a conversation starts. Where do your kids go to school? You know, what what sports are they playing right now? What are their, you know, Mm -hmm. what do they enjoy uh, from a class standpoint? So it's a great, again, it's one of those things where they are the icebreaker. Right. And we have just absolute joy when the kids are running around and they're jumping in the pool and they're running through the house and they're soaking wet and they're grabbing a meatball and they're running (laughs) back out. It's just, you know, it's, it's. It's what makes the whole day. Tom, I just envision your house always having meatballs and pasta and gravy everywhere. Yeah. It's just constant. I like that vision. I like the the aspect of that too, Tom. I imagine like you are discipling your kids through doing this. And yeah. so as they remember their childhood, they will remember what it's like to open their home and invite people in and uh, be very okay with that, with right. the, the busyness of it and the messiness of it, but also creating hearts of hospitality that they're just willing and they feel like this is just how life goes is we invite neighbors in and we get to know them and that's that's what we should do second nature to them right yeah Yeah. Yeah. modeling that for your kids just like any other thing in discipleship which is learning to helping people learn to follow jesus when they're not at church um that's an important part of what we're trying to help our families understand and living missionally in our families okay so tom and tanner as we think about living missionally in our neighborhoods, what are some ways that we can serve our neighbors? I definitely think it's getting to know them on a deeper level. Um, because like any other time you ask somebody, if you need anything, let me know. Right. Most of the time they're not going to come to you, right? But if you know somebody, you know what they're going through, um, you're more likely to be able to to walk alongside of them and assist. So it's just getting to know them. Um and it doesn't have to be big, flashy things to get to know people, right? Um, so it's being around. 
Yeah, we call that hurricane neighbors, the yeah. people that you only see when there's a hurricane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, that's like once a year, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, you see yeah. them that much. I, I uh, yeah, I agree with Tom. I think um, the same neighbor that that had a scathing review of my yard work <laughs> skills, we we kind of realized we broke through at some point when um, when it was far more common for us to kind of you know, either just checking in each other, you know, week to week, or when they actually did need something, we were one of their first calls, not one of their last calls. Um, or they had a daughter that was super sweet and she would come over sometimes and just play with our dog and, you know, spend time at our house. So there were, there were simple things like that, um, that we thought, okay, this went from acquaintances. We just happened to live next to each other to uh, a friendship that's, that's kind of beyond that. And so even as they've moved away, we've been able to keep in touch with them a little bit and see how they're doing, which has been, it's been really sweet. But, um, I, I do think it's hard to make, um, make a concerted effort towards the neighbors that just live around you. And from my experience, just having a really good community at first prez where you feel like there's all these people that you could be spending time with all the time and growing in relationship with. And so it's easy to kind of push the responsibility of uh, the neighbors that live in close proximity off by saying, no, I'm trying to spend more time with my church family. I'm trying to spend more time with the people that I, uh, you know, do life with, uh, specifically spiritually. So I think that's been something that I've felt really convicted over and, uh, and my wife as well. And so we're trying to think about what would it look like for us to, to really, you know, hone in on the proximity piece and the people that live just right around us and know that God sent us to those places. Absolutely. So, and that's kind of, bringing me to the the next thing I wanted to share, which was there's a little bit of a hybrid going on there with one of the plans that we have for the fall, neighborhood dinners. Um, and our director of connecting ministry, Cameron Hughes, is organizing that. And that is a way for people in their neighborhoods to start inviting using the Tom Eastwood model of gravy. Is that the official call it now? Is it Tom Eastwood model? We're going to call it the Tom Eastwood model. I I don't know if everyone's going to serve gravy or call it the right thing, (laughs) but um, we are going to have an opportunity for people to create that kind of community in their neighborhoods in a very low key way. And I know Cameron's going to be looking for hosts uh, in, in August, and then we'll launch those in September. So be looking for more information about those. So um, as we close, thank you, Tanner and Tom for being here today and sharing your stories. And um, I just wanted to let everyone know that what the church is now on both iTunes and Spotify. So we're basically famous And um, you'll want to subscribe the first chance you get, which means that the episodes will magically appear in your in your podcasts. Um, And so for those of you who don't love technology, that's going to be super handy. Um, But make sure you subscribe if you can. And um, and thanks for listening. And now go love the city.